Good evening and welcome to the Stoppage Time Penalty Show with myself, Tabriz. Hope everyone is well. Hope everyone is, is staying hydrated. What a weekend and under what a week we are looking to get. So on today's show, we have Keith Bomas, uh, UEFA Pro Licensed Coach. And on the show with Keith, we have Jose, professional footballer. How, um, how you doing, sir? I'm really good. Uh, really looking forward to today's show. Thank you for having me once again. And then we have founder of Independent FC, Coach Barry. How, um, how you doing, Coach? Yeah, greetings. Greetings, everyone. And again, to the special guest, Keith Bormas. How are you doing in this beautiful weather? What are you calling me? Have I got your surname completely wrong? Um, I'm a bit Jeff in my old age. It sounds like you're saying bonus. It's bonus. 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 Sorry. Bonus. Apologies. Yeah. As in the money we don't get. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, how you doing, sir? I'm good, my friend. Thank you for asking me on. Good Great stuff. Good stuff. And again, please, guys, please like, subscribe, do like all of like, the nice stuff to kind of keep this channel going. So, um, you know what? Let's go straight straight into it. Uh, Keith, um, we'd love to know a little bit about your journey. Um, yeah, take it away. Yeah, we just spoke, didn't we? At the risk of sounding boring, and then you said cut it into a minute. Um, if I cut it short, and then the rest may come out during the evening. So I started 100% as a grassroots coach. So at age 18, I started coaching. I had injuries when I was young, uh, and I started coaching at 18, being the oldest player in, in a local... Sunday league team. So uh, the journey carried right the way through, right up until 2012 in Estonia, when I, I finally got to reach the pro license, which is one of the points of discussion. There's a, a masses in between, too much to say right now in a minute, as you've asked. But I think uh, just proof that you know, a grassroots coach can get to the highest level. What you do with it and what you get away with at that point, I think, is another story. But massively proud of the fact that I got there. Wished a few of my own kind of family members had still been around to see that happen. Um, but I'm sure they're looking down on me and they're very proud anyway. So that's cutting it as short as I can right now. I love that. I love that. But uh, yeah, we'll be definitely delving deep into your journey. And uh, you know what? Let's, let's kind of start with Coach... Coach Barry, I would uh, love to get your your first question to to. Yeah, oh, mine's easy. Um, I know you've done the pro license. I know people who've done the pro license as well. Some people think it's uh, productive, but with your experience, if you have any hands in changing anything within getting the pro license, is there anything in there you would change? It's an unusual one for me, Barry, because I applied seven years on the trot at mm -hmm. home here in England. Yeah. And I didn't get accepted. Um, you know, having the A license doesn't give you a guarantee to get onto the pro license. Mm -hmm. um, it's linked to where you're working at the time, and you don't stay on the list every year you apply. You 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 go in the hat with everybody else. Mm -hmm. So uh, then it's given from the top level downwards. Um, who who's allowed on it? Obviously, it's linked into time scales and can you can you afford it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but That's I was, question. Sorry to cut you. How much is it now? Four, when you it, how much was it? 
I'm told uh, I'm told around eleven thousand pounds now. Don't quote Ooh. me. Eleven thousand. Yeah. yeah. It might be it might be less, but I know it's it's like fifteen thousand euros in Denmark. It's, it's in the thousands. I'm, I'm not dead certain, Barry. I'm not going to lie and, and yeah. guess at it, but it's certainly years ago. Years and years, it was about nine grand. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, always no. been high. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the other badges have all gone up now as well. Yeah. So yeah, I was lucky enough, obviously, to go out to Estonia and as a national team coach and a, a technical director, the opportunity came to do it there, and I had to write and ask permission from. John Peacock at the time at the English FA. Uh, mm. And he said, well, look, Keith, of course, we're, we're not going to stop you doing it. Um, I had to pay for it there, but I got subsidised because I was the national team coach for the Estonian women's side at that time. Mm. And uh, I was the only Englishman on a course with with Dutch, German, Estonian and Russian coaches and a Dutch tutor. Um, so I needed an interpreter at times, but a lot of it was run in English. It was a universal yeah. language, so I was lucky in that sense. And it took about two years to get through it. Um, and again, I'm, I don't think it was any less of an achievement. Uh, in fact, being you know the only Englishman on that course, I think maybe a little bit tougher um, to get yeah. through it. So immensely proud when I finally passed it in 2012. Excellent. Well, and 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 again, for, for like you know, um, there are people that don't really know like, the difference between UEFA A, UEFA B, and a UEFA Pro license. What's the uh, what's the most distinguishing factor? The UEFA Pro now is, is at the moment anyway the highest level award in certainly in Europe and recognised mm -hmm. throughout the world. Um, if you're looking at Guardiola and Klopp and the likes, they've all got the Pro license. But it's a prerequisite to work at the highest level, Premier League, et cetera, and, and National League, national teams. Um, the difference between the A and the Pro is it, it starts delving much, much deeper into all the other aspects of the game, not just on-field coaching the game, match analysis. It goes into dealing with agents, media, finance. It goes into all the other elements that a manager needs to know, as well as the coaching side of it on the grass. Uh, Jose, would love to get your question. Uh, so I've, I've, I actually know quite a, f a few managers who are in positions at the moment where they're struggling to take the next step in their licensing process, and this is what's stopping them a, a lot of times from making the move between high to higher leagues or to you know better positions. So what I'd like to know is what can each manager do to put themselves or each coach to do, uh, what can they do to put themselves in the best situation. So they can get onto their next, you know, available court, whether that's UFA or UEFA Pro. Is there anything that they can do in their control, or I is it? Really I, I get the question, Jose. I wish there was a perfect answer. Hmm. You know, I think you've got to strive to just be successful and the most successful you can be in the area that you're working. Um, the higher level you're working, the more chance you've got to be accepted. The more exposure you get, uh, the more success you get. And it doesn't necessarily mean winning trophies. It could be in in development football, it could be, you know, you're, you're recognised as being an, in, an integral part of a, of a successful machine at a club. Um, I think it's just striving to be the best you can be and, and awaiting that opportunity. You know, it, it is still possible that you can, you know, apply in more than one country to do it. I, I know UEFA have looked at that and it's kind of been bounced around, but 
it's worth investigating could you possibly do it in another country if you can't get accepted in the country where you're working for whatever reason like i did um but you just got to keep striving i mean it's not that's not the only thing that's stopping them getting better jobs you know because again there's non pro licensed coaches that have got jobs higher level where it said it was a prerequisite but they've still been given the job because they've been seen to have the potential or they've had the success to be good enough to go into that job and then they put on the pro license when they get into it so it's still about how well you're doing and how how hard you're working in the job you're in so maintain your standards keep pushing to get your standards better and get yourself out there get yourself noticed don't be frightened to use media platforms and social media etc to get your name out there it's 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 an old adage i may be speaking this one too long but i'll go into a, a story i heard a long time ago about even pushing a player um some of you guys might not be old enough to remember but uh barry might emily hughes emily mm. hughes dad used to walk around the scouts around the pitch and go up to him and go that number five is a great player isn't he? Mm. and it was his son so he used to plant the kid's name into, into the ears of the scouts so you've got to plant yourself out there. You've got to keep putting yourself out there. And, and hopefully at some stage, someone will click and go, you know, maybe this guy deserves a chance. Maybe this is the person we're looking for. In this day and age, this uh, you know, doesn't matter, female, male, everyone's striving to, to get those higher levels. You, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. I was, just you, kidding, uh, no, I was being greedy, sorry. No, I no, just no. Want to, um, would you, say if, uh, <laughs> would you say that if a club is specifically asking for a UFA or a UFA pro and someone's either UFA or UFA B, do you think they should still take that risk and apply? Yeah, mm, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If your CV, you know, if your CV is up to, to a certain level, the fact that you haven't actually got the award, you know, I would still go for it because there could be, again, if a, if a recruiter is looking at it, as well as they should. They should see the positives in that. And again, once you're in that role, they can then provide you with that help to push on and do it. It's what happens at a lot of academies where coaches get a role at the academy, then the academy will push them into the advanced youth award, et cetera, et cetera, because they can see the potential. So good recruiters and good clubs will recruit the right person, whether they've got the badge already or not. Okay. They'll help them get there. If it's a specific rule of the the association that they're working for, that they need it, then the club will help push them through that. Okay. Thank you. The doing what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, so, but also by like saying that, and you, um, we've all know in terms of the merry-go-round um, regarding like the premiership jobs that they seem to be circled between five or six managers that are, that are kind of out of jobs. And now we are looking at a new generation of those managers, Rooney now, Gerard. Lampard and you know there are some you know coaches that actually don't have the UFA or the pro pro license um you know badges or they do and like they find it difficult to actually get those league one league two or even pro um the sorry but like you know premiership jobs I mean isn't that disheartening for you know anyone that's you know that's look, looking to spend 14 15 thousand euros on you know um on a license I think it is. And you're, I'm kind of twisted on that question because you mentioned Rooney, Gerard, Lampard. They're obviously going through it. Or Lampard and and, and Gerard have certainly gone through their A. Um, and uh, Rooney, I think Rooney's on his A license as well. I'm pretty sure. If you're talking about underneath the pro game, that 
haven't gone through that level of football and, and been given the opportunities maybe based on that um, slightly quicker than, than somebody like myself would, then yeah, spending the money and then not getting the jobs. Of course, it's going to, it's like anything. If you, if you spend money on a, a university program or a training program and then you can't get a job, you're always going to be frustrated. And it's the same process. You've done all of that work, all of those qualifications, gained them, and you still can't get a job. It's happened to me. Um, and it, it does knock you for six. You do need, at that time, you need a support mechanism around you. You need people to, it might sound weak, but in this day and age, I don't think it is. You need people to reassure you. You need people to tell you that, you know, what you have done is still something to be proud of. Um, but, yeah, I think you've hit a nail on the head. Getting even getting the pro licence does not guarantee you getting the job that you're dreaming mm -hmm. of. Coach, Coach Barry. Yeah, what I'm finding interesting is that, um, like you just said, with Lampard, it seems like professional footballers seem to fly through their badges and the process works better for professional footballers. You said you applied, I think you said seven times. Yeah. Do you think there's something wrong in the, in the process? Do you think there's favouritism in the process in this country? I know it's a sensitive question, so be careful how you answer it. It needs to be answered, though. It needs to be answered. That's a valid question. Do, do I think I think there there was a time, yeah, not so long ago, where I just said yes. Mm. I think it's changing, one hundred percent is changing. Yeah, um, there's some good people working within the FA infrastructure now underneath, starting to put those things right, starting to make it a more equal playing field. Mm. I think you know even the FA themselves and certainly the PFA that are involved in the coach education of most of the pros. Yeah. They are they are being a lot stronger now, more stringent on people actually doing the work. So there was a fast tracking system. There still is a slight fast tracking system, which you can appreciate because of the hours in in the highest level of the game they've played. So I think it's right that there is some form of fast tracking system to get the award, but not necessarily fast tracking into the job. Yeah. They still have to be good enough to get the job. And, and that's something I admire, uh, the way that even even Rooney, certainly Gerard and Lampard, they've all kind mm. of, yeah, you know, Frank was different because he got given an opportunity that he couldn't turn down. But for Gerard to start with the the younger team at Liverpool, then go over to Rangers, for instance, mm. and, and then Lamps going to Derby and then Rooney going to Derby, those are kind of they're risks, really. So they've gone to find their feet and test the water. Mm. And in the old days, we used to call it doing your apprenticeship. So you go back in the day, the likes of Bruce Reock, George Graham did their apprenticeship at Millwall, for instance, yeah. and then gone on to do you know higher level with Arsenal, etc. So I think it, it was certainly there. Is it still there? Maybe slightly, but I, th mm -hmm. I, I do believe there are people now, and certainly people I work alongside at the FA, um, Butch Faisal being one of them, um, are doing a hell of a lot of work to try and improve things and make sure it is more of an equal playing field. Okay. Cool. Uh, Jose would love to get your uh, next question. Uh, this actually, I just want to pick up on this. Do you think it's a matter of at the moment? It's a matter of just availability of courses, you know, given the pandemic and everything. Or do you think it's just genuine backlog from all these years? Uh, what do you think is impeding people from getting on the courses at the moment? Is it the um, fast track? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the highest level. I think the pro license they only run one a year anyway, unless that's changed. So as far as I'm aware, they only run one a year here. 
at home and, and in most countries because it's a long process course so they start one each year then they overlap mm -hmm. um, so you know again it's about it's almost about must needs so who wants to get on a pro license and why is even drip feeding down now to the a license to the b license so what the fa is starting to look at now is you know you're looking at applying for the b you're looking at applying for the a you're looking at applying for the pro why so they're looking closer at why do you need it do you actually need it you know are you going to get the opportunities do you need the opportunities where are your strengths and um, what what level do you work at now what are you really aspiring to achieve so don't go and put yourself and i've had this conversation with one or two recently because i mentor coaches as well um you know where do you actually want to be where do you see your your strength where do you where what do you want to work what areas you want to work in who which players do you want to benefit so do you need to put yourself through that stress and that financial stretch as well to get there if you're actually not going to use it uh, to the level it, it it needs using so you really kind of got to map out what you want in the future and where you see yourself and i recently did the lma diploma as well and there was a really good uh, seminar on that and it was you know the, the the journey so in five years time when i'm 67 years of age 68 years of age where do i see myself then and then work backwards so rather than going forwards work backwards from the pinnacle at that age so if i'm 25 now and i said at 30 i want to have my pro license i've got to work back as to the why the wherefores the hows who are the influencers going to be why am i doing this who do i need to work with what level do i need to work at so it's about working out in your own head why not because it's there i want to do it i really have to think about why am i going to put myself through that does that make sense yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, it does. Uh, coach, um, what, why is there such a big disparity between um, the elite coaches that actually come from a, um ethnic background and, like, you know, now, like, you know, Patrick Vieira's taken the Crystal Palace job and, you know, it was, it was a kind of a surprise. But, you know, we all know of elite players, um, you know, again, I'd say predominantly, you know, a lot of the elite players in the Premiership come from and you know ethnic background but the biggest disparity is in the coaching and like you know managing at the high level why do you think that's the case you're asking me or barry that i'm asking you keith okay oh sorry <laughs> i mean first of all i'll say patrick's gone in and done an amazing job um yeah and patrick was very astute you know, Patrick's assistant coach was his pro license tutor. So when Patrick did his pro license with the Welsh FA, he's employed his tutor or the guy that ran the pro license in Wales as one of his assistant coaches. So he's using that that intelligence, that knowledge to help him. Um, whether he needs it or not is another question because I've kind of observed him a little bit down there and, and watched the way and, and the way he carries himself and he's He's a very strong character. He's very demanding. And you can see the people are in awe of him down there. And uh, he's doing an amazing job. Again, if you're looking at how many players break into those systems, this is one of the programs that, that, that Charles was involved in. He works in that area for the FA. And, and they, they're employing coaches now and coach mentors to, to work with the, 
the ethnic minority coaches now to start pushing, pushing them to go for things and, and showing them pathways and helping them build the experience and the knowledge to to go for those roles. The ex-players, you've got to look at how many ex-black um, players have, have dropped out of the game that, that have tried to get into coaching or gone into coaching. And I suppose that the roller coaster journeys that some of them have been on, you look at Sol Campbell, you look at Paul Ince, um, you look at Chrissy Hewton, who's revered, by the way, but he's still had a, a real up and down time of it, done brilliantly in some roles and then still, you know, kind of let go fairly quickly when things started to go badly and probably undeservedly. Um, again, they're still around and they'll still look to bounce back. But I think, again, you just got to look at all players in a sense. That's when you like might look at Gerard and, uh, and Lampard again and Rooney. Do, do they need to go in it for financial reasons? No, no. So they're obviously going into it because for them, they, they still want to be in the game. They still want to be in, involved and they've still got a passion for it. So I think you've got, again, look look deeper into to who wants to do it and why do you want to do it. And if you're showing the same passion and desire and, and you're not, it's not just about it's a job, it shouldn't just be because I need the job. It, it should be because you've got that real self-belief and passion and desire to drive forward mm -hmm. and give something back to the game and use your knowledge and experience to feed into players and, and help other players become what you aspire to be or work. And, and I think that's there's a lot of that going in now into discussion points and, and into training methods. And, uh, and again, in the last few years in particular, the numbers are growing that are actually looking to come through now. And I think within the next five to ten years, you'll see a lot more. If it goes the way it, it looks in the background, and from my own observations, I think it will definitely improve. Uh, we have a question from Hendrik. And again, thank you to everyone that's uh, tuning in. Thank you so much. Uh, Hendrik says, uh, what was the biggest insight you picked up from going through your coaching steps, especially from the pro license? That's a good question, Enrique. That's a great question. I think learning about myself would be the biggest answer learning more about myself, not only as a coach, but even as a player during the years. I mean, when I did my, I did the original FA advanced license, there was no B license back then. Um, so I did the original FA advanced license at Lillishaw, two weeks, or Colbert, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was on the pro one. And that was before UEFA came into to being. I then had to do the UEFA awards when they came in in the 90s late 90s but i did that one and i was on a two-week course with some of the at that time the biggest pros around so the likes of peter reed and uh jerry armstrong tony curry um ray hankin uh alan irvin and just being amongst those um coming from the background i had was was i just learned about me and i, I was petrified at times um, but I managed to get through that. And the respect, the one thing I saw was the respect they gave me. They never looked down on me. You know, Peter Reed in particular was was awesome in the fact that he, he tried to help me. Every time I took a session, he was backing me up. He was in my ear. Uh, and I needed players. He was the first one that would volunteer. Yeah, Keith, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, but I learned about myself how to get through adversity and, and learn to deal with fear because I was scared. Um, and then, obviously, after that, I became a tutor. 
1994. And I'd always been kind of a, a, a leader at school in, in different sports teams. And a, a guy called Darren Hare, who was in charge of the Kent FA at the time, he asked me to tutor on his courses. And it just kind of came naturally to me. So then I realised that I was good at that as well. So, again, it just increased my confidence. Everything I did was, was increasing my confidence. So I learned to overcome my fears and I learned to become more confident in myself through the badges. Um, and then I have to give massive respect to everybody that was on those courses with me because, and it's something I encourage whenever I tutor on a course, that the students on every course have to become a team in themselves and a support mechanism for each other. So, again, that's where I started to learn how to be a mentor as well and, uh, and be there for other people. And if I did that, I kind of hope they'd be there for me. So it's always a two-way thing. I'm not yeah. sure if that answers it, Enrico, but I hope so. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. and again, big, bigger shout-out to Henrique. He's a teammate of, of like Jose. So, again, big, big, big shout-out. Top player. Good guy. He's generally excited for this. Great question. Great question. Yeah, great question. Uh, coach, uh, coach Barry. Yeah, mine, mine was quite similar. Because, um, what I want to know from Keith, like you're going through each step, you wait for B, you wait for A, you're pro. Has your coaching style changed in the way you view coaching, taking on players, the way you manage change each time you've gone up a level? Have you changed your style of what you do? each time you've gone through these badges, because it's all about experience. Yeah, I mean, that you've answered the question in a sense, Barry. Mm. It is about experience, and yeah. the, gap, the gaps were different. So yeah. between the UA for a which was in 1997, mm. and the Pro 2012, that's 15 years. Yeah. And I think, again, that's a mistake some people make. They try to rush through the badges. And another message I always give is, you know, once you get a badge, go and be it. So if you get a B license, go and be a B license coach for a time and learn what that is. And then look at the future and do the next one. Don't you? Obviously, I applied earlier than that 15 years. So I didn't go straight away. I left it at least five, six years before I even started thinking about it. I had to learn what being an A license was. And my first job as an A license coach was to work on a community scheme for Crystal Palace. <laughs> so doing a summer camp getting the a license wasn't again a guaranteed job uh qualification and then i got the job as the center of excellence director at margate it was the only fa run one in in kent at that time not not there anymore but it was the only non-professional club that was allowed to have an fa center of excellence back in that day yeah. And no one else wanted to go down there. And I was living in Streatham at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I was, driving, I was driving because it, for me, it was like, this is a job. And again, that got me into a networking system. And I was allowed to go to events where all the pro clubs were, all the other centers of excellence. And again, I got to meet pro coaches, top level coaches, and got to integrate and watch and listen and learn. So you'd go to a session run by Van Hal, for instance, who'd been brought over when he was working for Curva and things like that. So getting out and networking and, and listening and learning from everyone else. And one of my main characteristics, I think one of the main people I learned from characteristics wise was, was uh, Les Reed, who was technical director of the FA for a short time. At that time, he worked with the FA on the coach education side of it. He obviously went on to be director of football at Southampton, 
Um, he was at Charlton for a, a while as well. But he's, his kind of style, I, I took a lot from him. There's also yeah. things that I thought, I watched him working at Charlton and I saw the way the pros didn't respond to his style of coaching. So, well, so you've got to look at the players you're working with, what you've got to be and what I've learned to be 100%. And I've used the analogy many times, you've got to be a schizophrenic. So I use a really old adage about different heads for different jobs. You've got to have a set of heads. Look at who you're working with and you change your style relevant to who you're working with. So I've worked with five-year-olds. I've worked with six-year-olds. I've worked with girls, boys. I've worked with Down syndrome. I've obviously gone to other countries and worked with non-English speaking. And each time you've got to change the way you are. So you've got to be able to do that. You can't just be one mindset. It's my way. You've got to learn my way. You've got to cooperate. You've got to work with them. You've got to quickly recognize what those players need and adapt and work with them, not not make them work the way you want them yeah. to be. But Keith, um, I think a lot of that's crept into the football. It's more about the coach and the manager now, more than actual team and players with a with a lot of coaching, modern day coaching. That's what I see a lot in grassroots now. It's more about the coach and yeah. it's looking at actual players or individuals yeah. as much. Yeah, yeah there's but isn't isn't it always been out there, but I think it's egos. It's okay, egos. yeah, that's the right word for you. It's egos. And again, talking about today to somebody, I know I, we played a friendly today with this. I've just taken over a girls' grassroots team just just to keep keep my hand in because my, my weekends were were freed up for the first time in God knows how many years. And uh, we played our first friendly today and people were asking about systems of play and formations. And I'm like, well, the formation has to fit your team. And I don't, we're not going to play three at the back because Man City do it. We're not going to play three because Liverpool do it. Exactly, yeah. And this is what coaches are making the mistake of doing yeah. an awful lot. So yeah. they're going, oh, because they do it, we're going to play that way. But you haven't got their players. And you're not Pep Guardiola. You're not no. Jürgen Klopp. Every team's trying to play out from the back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You've got to know who you are, who you're working with, and at what stage of development they're at. Yeah. And what are you trying to achieve? And you have to know, you know, learning curve for me today because I was, I was disappointed with our performance initially um, at the time. But when I've come home and I've sat and reflected on it, it wasn't so bad. And that, and that's the other thing that is coming out in coaching courses, which I do like. You, you kind of go, there's a hot, a hot reflection straight afterwards where you're, you're going a bit and it's buzzing around in your head. But when you go and sit down and think, you start to look at other things. And then your job is now, okay, I'm now from that, I'm going to think about my next training session now. What am I going to work on? What do they need from me? What can I do to help them? Not, uh, uh, they've got, they didn't do what I said. And uh, and this is, you see it happening at grassroots football, you see it happening on pitches on, you know, there's still guys on the touchline screaming and shouting at under eights and under sevens. Stay in position, do this, do that. It's, it's still out there. I, I watch it as well. Yeah. And I think we've been working against it for years, but it's still out there. But that's because there's also a, a revolving door of coaches as well. There's a lot yeah. of them are parents, their kids stop playing, they stop coaching. So they get better at being a coach, then they quit because their kids quit. So then you get in the new guy who comes in with, and he hasn't, he hasn't had that experience. He hasn't learned from his own uh, mistakes, if you like. And, and again, it is about learning from your mistakes. But you, the same as you say to a player, you know, learn from what you do. You've got to learn. 
Mm. You well recognize. And the massive word for me is humility. You've got to be humble enough to learn. Yeah. Not to think mm. you know it all because no one knows it all. Klopp doesn't know it all. Guardiola doesn't know it all. Fergie didn't know it all. Yeah. You know? Klopp did know it all. Yeah. Did you say Klopp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, and again, uh, thank you to to all of the comments. Uh, Coach Keith, uh, I've got a question. I'm not too sure if you could answer it, but it's from Louise. Or Louis. Yeah. Uh, apologies. Yeah, um, my I, manager. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a Portuguese coach with a UEFA B with 17 years experience Ooh. and I'm and I've been waiting since 2014 uh for for can move on oh, so so I can move on to do my license in Portugal what UK country would you recommend I apply for my UFA and you wait for pro and why I think what you're saying you can't get on the one in Portugal that that's how I yeah. read that. is that right yeah. It goes back to actually there's something I wanted to point out before, which is the we briefly mentioned the fast tracking system, uh, or if there is one, it's a, a situation in Portugal and it's a, a massive concern at the moment for a lot of especially grassroots or even some professional managers who are struggling to get on their next steps of uh, coaching due to the, the fast tracking system for former players and uh, you know for, through contacts and uh, unfortunately it's a it's a reality at the moment and uh, obviously coaches have to seek elsewhere to pursue their uh well pursue their passion pursue their badges so i think that gives a bit more background to our situation as i said unless uefa have changed the rules and i know the associations have changed the rules here because you've got the scottish fa you've got the northern irish fa the welsh fa the english fa uh, even the the irish fa the northern irish fa the ifa are different to the irish fa you know that um I've been fortunate enough to do CPD work for the the Northern Irish FA in Belfast, and um, and obviously I work for the English FA. So again, off the top of my head, the, the English FA run a special international license where international students can come in. Um, that's worth investigating, but again, you're, you're probably looking at costs. It won't be cheap. I don't know what it is, um, but that would be based at St George's Park uh, and potentially tutors coming over if you're working with a club in Portugal, coming over to watch you work in there and you might have to be responsible for costs and things like that. The the Northern Irish FA, you go and do a residential programme there with them um, in different stages, so a week and then you might come back for another week or or days. I've seen a lot of um, South American, European Portuguese, Spanish coaches on those courses with the Northern Irish FA. Um, but they they run a good course, very good atmosphere, very good uh, very good results. So, but the Welsh FA as well got a really good record. Um, so all all of the home nations, I think, have got some form of access to overseas players, to European players, and, and so on to go and do it. So I would just, I would personally, I would email all of their associations and see what they come back with and then decide from your own perspective, logistically and financially, what is the best deal for you. But I'm certain one of them would accept you. I'm certain one of them, if not more than one, would would accept you, if not straight away, certainly at the first opportunity. The other way would be to come over to the UK and try and get yourself established at a club 
with your B licence, which is possible, uh, and be working here, and then then look to apply from here, somewhere in the UK. Actually, picking up on that, uh, given right, obviously Brexit and the work permit situations, our uh, foreign coaches are actually are, can they work in the in the UK as co for co like coaching and managers? Is there a way for them to still find the possibility to do so, or is uh, Brexit going to be an issue? I'm not a politician, Jose. As far as I'm aware, yes, it's still possible. I think it, it, it depends on uh, almost having the job offer, maybe before you come over, not coming over and then thinking I'm going to come and find a job. But it's like me, I can still apply to jobs in Europe, but I'd probably have to go through a process once they've accepted me. And I would expect whoever I'm being employed by to help me go through that process. So again, it's worth in looking at jobs around Europe and around the world and applying, even with a B licence, there's people still looking. You know, there's, there's guys on, on social media now, British Coaches Network and other other people that uh, they constantly scan Europe and the rest of the world for jobs. And again, people can go through them and they'll help them through the process. So a B licence is a good enough qualification to work in another country. But it is going out and doing due diligence and... Uh, and sending your CVs in again and, and trying to relocate if that's what it takes. But again, a good employer will help you relocate. If they're not willing to do that, then they're probably not worth working for. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, Coach Keith, um, what's that been the worst experience for you in football? And actually, what did you learn from that experience? See, I'm making me sweat in this weather, man. These questions are making me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact that I'm a couple of stone overweight that doesn't help but, um, well the, the actual worst would have been a leg break I broke my leg twice so both bones in my left leg which put paid to any dreams of uh, doing anything massive in, in the game as a player um, so that was yeah, tough process to get through and then want to start playing again. And I was stupid and I started playing far too quickly against advice. And hence, at the moment, I've got no cartilage whatsoever in my knees and I need knee replacements. Um, but from a job perspective, um, it would have been getting turned down on more than one occasion for a, a national team role in, in my home country. You know, some people that um, might have an answer to that and say that I wasn't good enough or I didn't deserve it. But I got turned down more than once to work with the England women's national team. And I felt that I'd done my apprenticeship working with Charlton Athletic Women, working with Millwall. Um, when I saw on, on advertisements that you needed a pro licence, you needed international experience. You know, I was working at the David Beckham Academy at the time and I got the opportunity to go to Estonia. And uh, I took it to get international experience. I took it and got my pro licence. And even after that, I still didn't get past, past even application stage. I got through to interview stage once. And that was not a great experience. It was a five-hour interview process with five different interviews on the same day, including the scenario and having to cover analysis and having to cover uh, a week's tournament programme 
and I was interviewed by people that I'd actually worked with or passed on their, their qualifications. One of them at the time was Marianne Barry. Okay. Um, yeah, and I still didn't get the job. So <laughs> that, that was tough. Uh, that yeah. one was tough. And, and Pauline, my wife, came up with me to St. George's. She was with me through that. And, yeah, I walked out. I actually walked away from the interview thinking I, I might have a chance, but then you get you get the uh, the phone call, you get the email. You know, sorry, there was a high level of uh, applicants and at this time you didn't quite mm -hmm. meet the expectations and you didn't quite meet the criteria, mm -hmm. blah, blah, that blah. Generic, that generic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I've only only once in my whole career of applying for jobs, and it's most recently, only a couple of weeks ago, when I, I I tentatively put in for a job that I wasn't really certain I wanted, but I thought I'd apply. It's the first time I've ever actually had a personal phone call from somebody to explain to me why I wasn't going to get the offer, and I really appreciated that phone call. Mm. That that was massive for me, and yeah. I, I total respect for the guy that called me, and I understood it because I could have that conversation. It wasn't a generic letter that just seemed like a, the usual slap in the face. If yeah. you like. yeah. So, I think out of you know respect, I can't tell you who that was, but um, let's just say it was an employee at Crystal Palace. Um, so. Maybe that's filtered down from Patrick. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, it was a great phone call and, and made perfect sense to me why they weren't going to offer it to me. It wouldn't have fitted, but he explained it. So I understood it. A letter wouldn't have, wouldn't have done that for me. So, yeah. Coach Barry. Oh, um, I've got another sensitive question. Yeah, you're gonna need that one. You're gonna okay. need that one. <laughs> I don't drink, but I'll open it anyway and smell it. <laughs> no, um, I've been speaking to a lot. You've been in the women's game for a long time. I've spoken to a few women. It's a very sensitive point about how do you think? How are women feeling and coaching everybody about transgenders coming into the women's game? Well. Wow. And it's a very, that subject is very... Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously... I... But you've got your ear to the ground, you're in that, so you know exactly how... To yeah, yeah, yeah. Very recent, again, ironically, Barry, when yeah. I was at Norwell Lionesses... Okay. Um, this is a true story. Um, I only had one goalkeeper there at the time, a uh, keeper called Claire Lacey. And, uh, and I needed a backup keeper. This was 2009, just before I went out to Estonia. And and a keeper applied to come through through a goalkeeping coach. I know he said this goalkeeper would like to come and, and trial. And and this goalkeeper was a, a transgender that had had the complete operation two years Ooh. before. Yeah. Legally, they'd been signed off as a female. Um, I, I wasn't clued into it all at that time. It's way back as you can tell, but came and trained. You could obviously see all the, see the male characteristics still. Mm. Um, wasn't a world beat of a keeper, was, but was decent. Um, and I, I let him train that night. It was, it was kind of a funny atmosphere and the, the girls were, I might say subdued, 
but apprehensive, the players. Yeah. But it was nice to have another keeper there for the training session. <laughs> we had two keepers. Yeah. Um, but shortly after that, the girls actually came to me with a representative and gave me an ultimatum that if I signed that keeper, they were all going to down tools. They, they were going to leave. Yeah. They weren't willing to accept it. Her. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I had to have that conversation. I, you know, I couldn't afford for the team to disband over that. And mm. I just said, you know, sorry. Um, I'm really sorry. I, I'd have given you a chance and I would have. I was willing to. Mm. Um, but it couldn't happen at the time. Well, last week, I went to watch a game between one team that's in my women's team's league and another team in the division above. And the team that's in our league has got, I think it's the same goalkeeper playing for them. Mm -hmm. And again, as soon as I turned up, I didn't recognise the individual, but I could see from distance, it looked like a, a man. But when I got mm -hmm. closer, the girl said, no, she's not a man. Basically, she's, she's a transgender and she's obviously allowed to play in, in the league that we participate in. And could you see the differences? I could see the differences in kicking, in strength. Yeah. Um, one of the team I've taken over as players apparently got slightly injured in a 1v1 against that keeper last season and, and wouldn't fancy going in a 1v1 again because of that. So... If you look at that, is it, is it fair? I think it's it's debatable and it's certainly up for question. But obviously, mm -hmm. you know, do you, do you then unfairly say to this person that's obviously gone through hell, I would think mentally, yeah. otherwise, do you say to that person, you're never going to be allowed to play football because you can't, you don't want to play in a men's league or you can't now and you can't play in the women's league. Where do they play? Mm -hmm. You know, where do they? Where are they allowed to play? So, you know, what would that do to that person if you barred them from playing a game that they obviously love? You know, would you then be responsible for that person doing something terrible and then you'd regret it? So it's, a, it's not a question that I can, I can answer, honestly. Did, did it look unfair to me in that game? Yes, it did. Mm. It looked an unfair... No, I just want to know more like how... I didn't know how the women felt about Obviously, the women at that that team have accepted it because they can see they've got a, a decent goalkeeper. Yeah, and that's that's their priority. That's maybe going to do well for them. That's going to stop goals. That's going to help them be successful. Mm. And the teams that are playing against that goalkeeper, the, my girls did say that last year one team did a kind of a protest at a game to say mm. it was unfair. So I don't think it's going to be anything that's um, resolved. Or, or sorted out to anybody's total, I don't know what the word would be, satisfaction mm. in the immediate future. Yeah. So it's really tough. And, and I, I feel for the individual, um, but I also feel for those, and I understand those that are not happy with it. Because yeah. it, it is an advantage, there's no question. <laughs> in the future, there might be a transgender team. I know that they're looking at that, aren't they, in other sports, yeah. specialist events. But to get a full transgender football team to play another full transgender football team, you know, there's there's a team, I think, just been formed that's got a mix 
um, that are playing kind of charity games and other competitions. But if you go back to you know the the, the old uh, the old Stonewall team that started up years ago, the, the mm-hmm. gay team. Now that's grown in stature, and there are leagues now that are totally gay players. Okay. Men. There are leagues that are to- the teams are majority or totally gay players. So there is there is organised leagues for them. So maybe in the future. But again, uh, I just think it reality, could, be dang- could be dangerous. Yeah. In reality, you- how many yeah. transgender players are gonna gonna come out and and do that and, and want to be footballers? Yeah. Uh, it's be a long time before that happens, Barry. I think. No, I think there's a, there's there's an unfairness about it when it's yeah. in a team sport like that, playing against where there's potential one to one contact yeah. with female players, and the physical disparity is still there. That's, that's where the dangers lie. There's, there's a real danger to it. Mm. And if you go back the other way, and years ago they put um, female players into the men's game, they experimented yeah. with that, big it Prince for Germany and the Italian player. Mm. Um, that, that went to Pisa, they were like novelty effect. They were like just to get a bit of media hype. It was never going to work, you know, where they could play mm. against men. The bottom line is, and the top female players will still admit that to you, the physical differences are still far too big for that to not be a risk factor for physical injury. Yeah. That's, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. And um, talking about keepers, your wife is a former England international uh, goalkeeper, um, fully, fully, fully fledged. Um, wow. So, um, so, uh, <laughs> how, so could you kind of literally talk about your wife's experiences in the game, playing, playing for England? And of course now that like, the Euros are on, I mean, again, you know, it's just some, you know, exciting times for women's football. Yeah. My, my missus is known as Copey. Uh, Pauline Cope was a, a maiden name. Um, I'm biased that she was definitely probably one of the top top three to five keepers in the world during her time. She appeared on on TV a few times. Um, she trained at the Cliff with uh, with the Man United keepers, and Fergie apparently said to her, "If you was a man, I'd sign you." Um, she played for Millwall Lionesses. She played for Arsenal. She played for Croydon Women. And obviously, her last seasons were with me at, at Charlton Athletic. She played 60 times for England. Damn, she was uh, an inductee in the, the Football Hall of Fame at the National Football Museum in Manchester. Um, yeah, she's on the Caps Wall at St George's Park. Um, great character, known for her, her verbal as well as her playing strengths. Brave, mm. brave as, a, as a lioness. She would sing the national anthem out loud with immense pride. Mm. Um, never played pro. Never played pro. So that was never before. She was too, too old. It's like players like Karen Walker, who's one of the best number nines England's ever had. They never played yeah. pro. They never got paid. The, the best they got was some expenses, expenses. by the time they played for Charlton. Um, and it wasn't massive amounts of money. But she didn't play for the money. She played because she loved the game. She's a season ticket holder at West Ham for her troubles. She's passionate about West Ham. Yeah. Um, sings bubbles at the top of her voice as well. Um, her brother, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, was again, he was a West Ham nut, so they'd always talk West Ham. Yeah. 
Um, she knows the game inside out. She's very, very knowledgeable about the game. She still watches the games and she's still uh, critical and uh, and praiseworthy when it's due. But she does analyse all the keepers. She should have caught that. She should have done this. She should have done that. Um, but no, I'm immensely proud of her. I'm proud that she's my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been together 23 years now. We met when I was coaching her nephew. Um, I was single at the time. I've not long split up with my, my wife and for, for other reasons and not through her. I was on my own for some time. And I was coaching her nephew and I was introduced to her by his dad and we just started speaking football and we knew the same people. We talked about the same things and mm-hmm. it was like a match made in heaven. Want a better way of putting it, but no, she's. If you ask anybody that played with her or in front of her, um, she was immense. She could she could win a game just talking to her team in front of her. You know, I think her best, her best season in something like thirty games, she only conceded eight goals. Wow, well, she was to do a women's show to please. Yeah, one for a women's show, you know. You do well to get her on. You do well to get her on. Yeah, I don't think you've done a women's show, have you? Uh, I've like done one, but I would love to do more. So, Keith, you know, I'm gonna get your wife on 100%. Well, yeah, you do well. (laughs) (laughs) She's so so I know. Jose, uh, Jose, your, your like question, please. I would love to hear about your. Like highest moments in football, so your proudest achievements. Um, uh, what what was the moment you know, the, like the most the most important of your career? What would you say? I, I guess again, there's more than one, but I, I, if you had to pick one, the, the biggest one, you know, and people may again are not into to the women's game would probably go, uh, but when we finally won the FA Cup uh, with Charlton Women. Green's FA Cup was the holy grail back then. That was the ultimate. Now, before the Super League and everything else, the the Women's FA Cup was the... It was the only game at that time that was actually shown live. Um, So, to get there, that was the pinnacle at that stage. And it was played at Upton Park. Obviously, Kopi's the old West Ham ground. So, she was buzzing to be playing in goal there. And we'd been in the final the two years previous and lost to the almighty Arsenal women's team uh, and the Fulham team that had gone pro under under Fayed. So they had the Norwegian gold medal winning players. And we'd lost 3-0 and 3-0 respectively, I think, in both of those. But we were the underdogs. And we finally got to the final the third year. So three years running, we got to the final. And the third year became third time lucky. Um, Everton had beaten Arsenal in the semi-final uh, and we'd won our semi-final. Um, so we were facing Everton in the final, assuming we were going to be playing Arsenal again, but we actually ended up facing Everton who'd beaten Arsenal 3-0 in the semi. So we thought, wow, this is different. Um, and the lead-up to that, I lost three of my best players. I lost Katie Chapman, who played for me then. I lost Ertha Pond, who was probably the best left back at that time in the league. Mm-hmm. And I lost my number nine, Carmaine Walker, who was an England international. All three, Kate and her England internationals, Ertha should have been. And I lost those three the week leading up to the final. And I had to bring in um, reserve team players and players that had been on the bench and shuffle my back line. So one of my centre-backs went to right back. 
a girl that hadn't played a lot at all had to go in at left back. Uh, and I had to shuffle my forward line, risk a girl at come back from injury. had been a great player for me anyway. And I had any other Luca up top with this player, Anne-Marie Heatherson. Um, and yeah, any got the winning goal half, uh, halfway, two-thirds way through the first half. Um, it, was, it was a great goal, but um, it was a great game. We ended up winning the 1-0. But the relief at that final whistle was, we finally done it. And the celebrations were great, you know. Um, obviously, Kobe was buzzing again because it was at the ground she loved. And yeah, it's a memory you'll never forget. And I'll never forget. But that would be the absolute peak. Um, but I always say that my, my greatest achievements are, in reality, the people that I've worked with as coaches that have gone on to achieve even more than me. And there's a few of those. I won't name them, but there is a few of those. And I look at them with massive pride. And I keep in touch with many of them. And... Uh, that gives me a hell of a lot of satisfaction because I know I was a part of their journey. Love that. Love that. And Coach Barry, your final question? Final question. Final uh, question. That's still an easy one, isn't it? I've been bugging Keith all night. Um, it's, what I want to know is, is there any chance of you getting onto them boards? where they do the processing or selecting or the training of coaches? Have you tried to get on there? Because you've got so much experience from there. I don't understand why England now someone hasn't called you up. Um, I, I, I can't answer that, Barry. I, I think other people need to answer that. Have you applied um, for anything like that, though? In, they, in, don't, they don't advertise those kind of well, roles. They don't advertise those kind of roles. And as I said, the gentleman I work with now, Butch Faisal, He's yeah. in charge of all of the uh, the, the the BAME and, and the female um, game improvement and yeah. opportunities and, and stuff like that. And and he's he's very respectful and, and I respect him very, very yeah. much. And um, he, he'll call me and ask for advice and ask for my thoughts and, and I'm quite happy to give give that uh, advice to anybody. But you know, the FA actually invited me into one of those those kind of things. I mean, it's kind of happened weirdly in, in a, a different way um, okay. in the fact that, and I think it's something Tabriz was was going to push me on to at the end. During the recent change in, in courses, mm -hmm. uh, the, the old level one is now called an introduction to football that's gone totally online. Yes, and that's, I yeah. that's, that's all online now. Yeah. So you've got the playmaker, the free one, that's yeah. a, a great way to get people interested. But then the level one's a totally online course. When I saw that, I designed a course that I run under the Palace Foundation banner. And it's okay. called Kick Off, Kick Off Your Coaching. Uh, I originally called it an introduction to football coaching, but that name was stolen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. And basically, it's a 12 to 15 hour course that. I designed based on the old level ones, some of the stuff out of my kids' books, because I've done three, I've published three children's football game books called Fun Games for Kids. Okay. And I used some of the games from that and, you know, some stuff from the old level two as well. But what I do is I gauge the audience. Going back to what you talk about your players, I gauge the audience. So when I come onto my course, I meet the audience and I gauge what do they need. And, and mm. I, ch I adapt the course for them. 
and I've run yeah. six or seven now, and they've gone brilliantly. And now the FA are looking at bolting on a three-hour face-to-face element to this new course, and they want me to be involved in a discussion on Wednesday next week, um, just talking about and, and how that fits. And sorry if I have kind of made a decision to use my course as a bolt-on for that first one and to award CPD points for it as well for anybody that comes on it, which yeah. is great, you know, because it is CPD. It's, you're getting 12, 15 hours with me. Mm. You should be entitled to some CPD. Um, and we only we charge a really nominal amount for it. It's a really low rate, only 25 yeah. quid a head for, for 15-hour course. And we give a certificate mm. from Palace for Life. Yeah. And people that do that course, Palace for Life have employed some of them just on the back of doing my course. As long as they've got their safeguard in their DBS and their yeah. emergency aid, the foundation have employed them for our summer camps and stuff. And then we still guide them onto the FA courses because they're integral. But at least we know they're getting a good face-to-face element and a good grounding if they want to push on and do the other awards. And then on top of that, they get me as a mentor. So by signing off with me, they get me as a mentor for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Once somebody's linked with me, I never give up on anybody. My emails go crazy, uh, but I never, I never ever not answer an email or a message unless it's gone astray into junk or something like that. I always respond. Mm. Kind of this one. Keith, the kick off the coaching is that. Can we just go online and find it? Mm, it at the moment is one being advertised on the Palace for Life Foundation website. They're running okay. one in August at Sellhurst. Yeah, one running in August at Sellhurst. So oh, that's on the Palace for Life website. But yeah. I'm sure well, um, now if you Google it, it will probably come up because I've run so many, but you'll see it on Twitter and Facebook on my, yeah. name, my name. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So, literally, anyone out there, just, just kind of please Google Keith's name and just put coaching or, or like yeah. uh, kick off to like coaching football. Yeah. You will literally see, yeah, you will literally see all, all of the um, courses and, uh, and experiences that like, you know, Keith's involved in. Jose, your last question. So, from your coaching uh, past um, with uh, clubs, what was the toughest period that you faced and uh, what helped you get through that? I... <laughs> actual, actual coaching... I think right now I'm struggling a little bit. Again, it's a bit similar in a sense. When I first went to Estonia, I obviously left my wife behind. So she stayed in England um, because of her job and because of our home. Uh, I was initially only going on a three-year contract at most. And the night, I remember the night I left home, the tears and the feelings of, of, of separation and, and the gut wrench feeling was, was awful. And I arrived in Estonia in minus 12 degrees in January. Mm. And when I landed, I was put in a little kind of motel with a very not clean bed and, and a, an old TV on top of a broken fridge. And I started crying. And I really, I thought, have I done the right thing? What the hell have I done? Um, 
and I really doubted myself again then, and it was tough. I wanted to jump on a plane and come back. Uh, but I, I kind of called her, and she, she was always so supportive and, and always has been and is. She's such a rock that she just went, wait till tomorrow, wait and see what happens. And then I went in and uh, we did the introduction. We did a press conference. They showed me the apartment I would actually be living in, which is a, a decent apartment in the middle of Tallinn, the city. Um, car, laptop, showed me my office at the stadium. And I thought, oh, now this is more like it. But then rolling on a little bit further, very quickly, first training session I ever did um, with a national team, minus 10 degrees. I walked out, I nearly froze to death. They all came out just like this. Nose. I walked out looking like England team coach with my shorts on. Soon ran back indoors and put on a, a Michelin suit. Uh, <laughs> but then we did the under-17 national team trial and invited all of the under-17s in Estonia to come. And about 20 turned up because it was such a small country. And only one of them could juggle a ball more than once at age 16. And mm. I remember looking at the guy I was working with and thinking, oh, my God, we're in trouble. What are we going to do? So I had to regress almost to a, a, U, a U10 mentality, U8 mentality to coach those girls. And I'd been there expecting I'm going to be coaching national team players. And I had to accept, actually, I'm going to start to, I have to start to build this from the bottom up. And that's what I did. And I did it very successfully. So I ended up being there for nearly eight years. And the whole program grew. Yeah. Winning, uh, winning this award, which is uh, it's called the Gold Star. The Gold Star is up behind me. Um, and not many people win that. It's their biggest award in the country. Um, so again, very proud of that. And yeah, it was a tough time at first though, but I ended up asking my wife to actually, we weren't married at the time, but I ended up coming back the next year and got down on one knee and asked her to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It actually made us stronger. It's one of those things that made us stronger. Yeah. And, and we, yeah, we're still strong, massively strong. And yeah. yeah. I love that. I love to hear that because football is, a lot of people don't uh, get this inside uh, insights into uh, what football really is like. When I when I introduce my coaching journey in full, which also includes my non-football side, you know, I use the picture of a roller coaster, mm. and my life has been a roller coaster, in and out of football. It's been a massive roller coaster, as big as the one in Blackpool, and as low as the one in Blackpool is lowest point. Mm. So that's what it is. That's what our journeys are like. And you've got to accept that. It's never going to be smooth. It's never going to be one way up. It's yeah. always going to be that. Yeah. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Keith, honestly, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I think uh, Stuart really summed it up. Um, thanks uh, for the chat, guys. Uh, half message appeared. I think... Um, I think he sent a message, but again, appreciate your hum humility, Keith. Honestly, thank you so much for for kind of giving us um, such an in depth yeah. uh, insight in terms of like your journey. Uh, and actually, so before we um, end this uh, segment, so how can people find you? Like, you know, is it kind of just again just googling your name and just yeah. kind of searching? Yeah? Listen, man, I'm I'm quite happy for people to email me. I'm quite happy for people to. Hook up with me on Twitter. My, my Twitter name is at Talon Grizzly. 
um, given to me while I was in Tallinn and people used to say I was like a grizzly bear or a teddy bear. So it kind of stuck. So my Twitter name is at Tallinn Grizzly. By all means, hook up with me on there. I'm on Facebook under my own name. Yeah. Well, hook me up. If you say you met me on this show, I'll, I'll accept your friendship. Um, and, and then I'll share my email with anybody that wants it. No, no problem. Yeah. I'm not somebody who hides anything. And yeah, more than happy Brilliant. to help everyone. Brilliant. And I will actually put everything in the description below. Actually, again, before we, we kind of depart, Keith, you've actually seen me play football. I mean, like, oh, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go, you know, <laughs> I'm going to start singing Blue Moon then for a minute. <laughs> so, you know, um, and like, you know, be like, honest, you know, like how how did I play? You know, what like certain things do you think I could, I could improve on? Oh my god, I've got to ask, man. You know, if I'm totally touch to reason without. Blowing up your backside. When you came on, you did change the game for us. You, you started to take control of the back line for me. You were driving forward with the ball. You're winning your challenges. Very solid, very steady. That's how I would describe you. I would, I would certainly in your prime, I would, have, I would have thought you'd have made a great centre back or centre midfield player in that, in that certainly in that level around where I've been involved in the Ethiopian Premier League for the last five years. I'd certainly be comfortable having you in one of my sides at, at that level for sure. Right. Than that, I'd be comfortable with that. Was you played against men or women? <laughs> they actually played against a team. Of, <laughs> they actually played against a team of firefighters, Barry. Okay. There's a team of firemen who, who weren't what? they weren't too shoddy. They were decent. Yeah, they were, they, were, I know. they were fit. They were fit they were, and strong. Yeah. yeah. They they were, were, yeah. Fit, yeah. We weren't we, our team wasn't so fit and strong. And he had to come on and give us a little bit of presence. Yeah. We needed that. Uh, <laughs> give you, me his Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. Great, Keith, great speaking yeah. with you, Keith. Yeah, yeah, great to meet you, mate. Jose, great, great to see you. I know we spoke on the phone, but... And the lad, Stuart, the, the guy, Stuart, that messaged you, he's been through a tough journey himself, so... Okay. He was yeah. listening. And uh, thanks, Stuart, if you're still there. Um, we'll speak soon. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Honestly, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for, like, um, uh, being on the show. Um, we will be back um, within a couple of minutes. And again, thank you to Jose. Thank you to Coach Barry. Thank you to Coach Keith for like uh, coming on. And Jose, you know, thank you to Coach Barry. Thank you to Coach Keith. There's, for, like, there's on. a bit of echo. And, and, is that you, Shugs? I'm, I'm going to switch off now. Great echo. <laughs> <laughs> Great echo. Great echo. Great echo. <laughs> and again, uh, to you, Jose, thank you for coming on, Keith. As right, well, please, I leave you in the sunset. Y yes, please. Yes, please. You are like yeah. now free to the moose. Have a, oh. have a great <laughs> thank, you you. thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, mate. Take care. Bye bye. See you guys later. See you later. See you later. So, um, so yes, yeah, so the, the literally next segment is literally myself and like Shugs will be. Um, we'd be kind of um coming on to actually talk about um league actually I'll say division one of of the of the vets league and we will start right now. Shooks, how you doing, sir? 
Me there, yeah. Can't hear you. No, Papa. Oh. I said I'm you're, here. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I can. I can hear you loud, loud and loud and clear. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, how's your Sunday going? It's blessed, man. Belly full, skin tan, nice. <laughs> so, uh, the title of this segment, um, Strike It While It's Hot, Division One Chat. We was um, supposed to have this conversation or this show on Friday, but to, but due to logistical reasons, we you know I had to move it onto the back end of this show. And again, thank you so much to to kind of Coach Keith, Coach Coach Barry, and Jose for like jumping on, and actually again for like Coach Keith to actually talk. You know, yeah, yeah, I'd say to talk about his his uh. His experience, but hey, this is now the master show, uh, division one. Um, Shugzi, you are part of the independent army. Uh, how how is preseason going? I mean, until you sign, you're never really a part, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, preseason is going well. Um, putting it in some good sessions, some new faces, some old faces. So it's good, man. And to be honest, it's just a nice bond. It's a nice way to bond as a team because at the end of the day, when you come mid-season like myself, last season, it is sometimes hard to get to understand different individuals and different individuals to understand your game and all that. So now is where it really starts. You know what I mean? Enjoying it, to be honest. The, the pain, the more painful it is, the more enjoyable it is. It's weird. I haven't felt like that since a kid, so it's nice. Love that. Love that. So... Mm -hmm. This chat is literally, I'd say, our own opinions in terms of the uh, Division One contenders in the league. So you've got Santos, Independent, Glebe, LSU, Masters, New Park, and the Charcoal. Um, and uh, we you know there's like been like a lot of conversations about uh, the teams that were in that graphic. Um, and I would just like to say, you know, um, I, well, I can, can only speak on my own personal opinion. Maybe Shugs is like, we did have a quick discussion, but, you know, mm -hmm. I would say this is our own opinion. Um, everyone has has their right, you know, to to literally voice their opinions. And there's certain clubs that may, that, that, that maybe should be in that conversation. And there's certain clubs that some people may not think should be in that conversation. But again, this is just mm -hmm. our old opinion, right? Definitely that. I mean, could I just say that um, I think sometimes people get too caught up in people's opinions. We're not saying it's a fact. We're saying what we believe. So at the end of the day, my opinion differs to Tabriz's. So if Tabriz has an opinion, should I take an offence to his opinion? That's what he believes. So we just have to respect his opinion. It's the it's the freedom of speech. So we should all stop getting caught up in it. We, by all means, give us stats that correct certain things that have been stated, or certain evidence. But it's opinions. At the end of the day, you still have to play the game. You still have to win the game. And whoever takes it takes it. And if we don't, if we've not chose one of the winners, potential winners, then that's their motivation to say, you know what. You look, they didn't put us in the running and we won it. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple, Simple as that. Simple as that. Simple. So, so um, I am going to, and again, um, thank you to all of the teams that, that, that kind of sent me, you know, little kind of statements. I, I literally put out a question 
to to each team. Um, and the question was uh, three influential players from last season and objectives for this coming season, 2020 to 2023. Uh, so I'm going to be running through what uh, the teams have said. Um, Shugs has not seen any of the statements. Um, and again, you know, I Shugsy from like you, I'd like to kind of love to kind of get your opinion about what they've said. Um, mm-hmm. And then literally we'll just move on to to the next team. So let's kind of go by, uh, i say champions first. It's only fair. So this is what Chago said. Last, but hey, let's go. No, 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 no. You know, it's come on. You know, champions first now. Um, so uh, this is what Chaco said. And I'll literally read everything. And literally, I just want to say, um, you know, of course, I've some of it I had to paraphrase because, of course, you know, it would literally take too much time. But, you know, I think, you know, everyone will will literally get what I'm trying to say anyway within within a statement. So this is what Chaco said about the players. We have no superstars in our team. Last year's achievements was the whole squad fair. Every single one of them was influential. So that's what Charco said regarding players who were influential or free players from, from last year. Regarding objectives, this is what uh, the representative from Charco said. But the, the, to get, the togetherness, fight, character and spirit was a difference with us to the rest. This season, we are just there to compete. To emulate last year's success would, uh, would be difficult. Um, a second time round to win a league and two cups would, would um, is a very long season. So many games we played last year, um, it won't happen again. So that was Charcoal's statement. Uh, Shugsy, I would love to get your, um, yeah, your you may, uh, opinion about that. All right, you may have to uh, run me back past the second one, but I'll I'll deal with the okay. first one first. Um, they do have some standout individuals. I'm not going to name them. We've we've mentioned certain names on the on the show before, so they do have some standout individuals. Um, but most of the players, a, a, a large majority of the players, I've known known prior to them playing for Charcoal and seeing them play. I would more go with that statement than against that statement in the fact that they're definitely a very well drilled side who play for each other they literally everyone knows their role everyone knows their position even the people on the bench don't seem upset and sometimes they rotate their bench they make they make tactical subs so i would say that's a pretty accurate statement however there are some evidently you know outstanding individuals that if they weren't available could cause a bit of problem to the balance but we move. Cool. And um, um, the second statement. Yep. Uh, i tell you what I get from it without even going into it. It sounds a bit underplayed. I don't know why, but it sounds underplayed. But, you know, uh, the, the togetherness fight, uh, um, togetherness fight character and spirit was the difference with us to the rest. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Well, yeah. no, I mean, not, well, I I mean... well, to be honest, we haven't seen the opposition, but, but I would say if I went by the final, which wasn't the first division, which was obviously by a lower division, you could see that 
spirit took them through that final. Although they won it comprehensively, it was a spirit that you could see the spirit of one team break and the spirit of one maintain, if not grow. So definitely see that. And then it says the season we uh, was it this season we are just yeah. to compete to emulate last year's season. success with difficult, difficult a second time. Yeah, well, listen. I mean, um, I think yeah. I think Chakal are playing it down in terms of they're just there to compete. Yeah. They are they are definitely there to win. Um, yeah, and one hundred percent, I do agree. It's going to be hard for them to do exactly what they did last season. Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. So, I think um, I think they've given everyone fire in their belly because of the banter, because of basically meeting their objectives, and you know, just letting people know we are not, we are top boys. Pretty much, they were saying they were top boys before they were top boys, and now they've they've uh, met their words. So you can't take anything away from them they said they were going to do it and they did it so yeah kudos to them yeah and and uh and again i think if you can have look at most of the charcoal you know lads cosmetically mm-hmm. you wouldn't say that they could play football but again they're like togetherness and you know again they are a well-oiled machine everyone knows exactly what they have to do um, i think only the only because i know some of a lot of the names actually that I would have disagreed in the cosmetic because when you know what someone can do, you're already like, I know this guy's a baller. So I'm not looking at him thinking they can't play. I'm thinking they should be able to play. So I guess if you have never seen them, that would be mm. so that would be a true statement. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Cool. But um, but actually overall, um, thank you to Charcoal to um for that statement. So let's go on mm. to Glebe. Glebe didn't get back to me. So okay. Um would you would you say and maybe I'll ask you the question, would you say that's tactical? Is that deliberate or do they just lack a secretary? <laughs> uh, um well um I I will be honest with you, um they are not as I'd say present on on the socials yeah, as yeah. like the other team. So mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, um, you know, I've got numbers um mm-hmm. of like players and like whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, again, you know, they didn't get back to me, which is mm-hmm. fair enough. They mm-hmm. they finished second. Uh, they won the league cup as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I think you know they'll be you know pretty buoyant in terms of how mm-hmm. how how the had a season finished mm-hmm. um, but again kicking on now to kind of compete with Charcoal and to kind of compete with the other teams around mm-hmm. um, you know um, Vets football is especially this year is it's you know going to be pretty pretty difficult to to literally go through a season unscathed mm-hmm. um, but you know Glebe like have the history they kind of have the experience as mm-hmm. well um, it, yeah it just would have been nice to to have heard from uh, a representative in terms of uh, what they thought about I mean, last season. I mean, to be honest, Therese, I think um, with some teams, this social media thing is new to them. And they don't really want to do their business on social media. If you look at a lot of professional clubs, they used to be, they used to hate that their football players would go on social media, tweeting, and you know what I mean? Like putting out these comments, maybe putting pictures of them in clubs. That's not what the club wants, even if the club's aware of it, because what people don't realise, clubs are more aware of players' activities than is than is put out there. Social media just confirms it. Um, 
So maybe Gleebar saying, you know what? We had a good season, second and a trophy. We don't want to talk. We don't want to get into all of this setting setting uh, goals for us to trip up on. You know what I mean? Like, we're just happy doing our business quietly. And at the end of the day, team finishes second. They beat Charcoal. They, you know what I mean? They have to be, they must, they have to have a, a big say. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, facts, facts. And Chugji, I have a question after the show for you. Yeah. But I'm not going to say nothing, but hey, we'll actually wait until after the show. Uh, third place team was LSU Masters. And this is mm -hmm. what they said regarding the influential players. Players to watch, all of them. <laughs> and <laughs> and then literally what uh, the representative said regarding this coming season mm -hmm. uh, inspirations to dominate Vets football and to take it to a place it's never been yet conquer mm -hmm. everything inside the M25 and as soon as the national starts back um, um, start back goal and win the national Cup again, county cups, national cup cups alone. We want to be the best. Um, would love to get your reaction, Shugs. <laughs> well, the first comment is such a South London comment. It's such a you know what? No matter where we go, you're gonna remember us, and that's what they they make they make they're basically making sure that people know. If you think you're going to handpick who our important players are, you've got a problem. You've got a big problem. If you're going to mark this player and mark that player, double up on this player, double up on that player, even triple, you're going to have a problem because our 11 plus our subs are a problem. And they're basically, unlike the champions, they're, putting, they're making a statement of intent, which is domination. So, hey, kudos. I hope they can live up to it. It's a lot to live up to, but it's and I wouldn't see it, I wouldn't see it as arrogance because some people might look, uh, who, who they think they are, who they think they are talking like that. Why not talk like that? Isn't it better to say good things of yourself than bad things of yourself? Isn't it better to, to boost up the individuals within your setup than to say, you know, we'll, we're just glad to compete? Who's glad to just compete? Who's glad to just get kicked in the shin? Who's glad to come out just in the cold? Who's glad to just shake the hands and have a beer? You want to win. So, and that's what they're saying. We want to win. We intend on winning. We're here to take it all. So we want to set the benchmark. Hey, respect to that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think um, I think what, what Charcoal did last, last season, again, it's kind of fired up a lot of teams, um, including you know, LSUA and, uh, and yeah, they, they mean business. Um, I've, I've kind of now had the pleasure of actually playing with JB. Uh, I know in one of like my last shows, I was kind of talking about, you know, I would literally love to see him play and I've, and I've played with him. Um, I mean, boy, like it made my life a lot easier, hundred percent. And, and, and the movement and, and, and the awareness and the vision, uh and, did, and just Lloydy play and Lloydy played as well and and like smudge you... played as well and mm. and uh it was you know what i'm saying like i just what do you think what do you think of Lloydy? oh telling you like you know i can just you know i can just imagine him in his prime 
just literally, you know, I told you, just, told you. Like he he just con- he just conducts play, and uh, and again, you know, without kind of talking too much about that, you know, um, that is like when you can have a very clear voice mm-hmm. with clear instructions, it makes the game so much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, like you know, how, you know how would you know how like they just found little pockets of space, and like you know everyone knew where to. It was just, it was just a joy to behold as a centre back, a hundred percent. It made my life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, it was good, and uh, you know, yeah, um, I think um, LSU are going to be are going to be one of those teams there thereabouts, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to. New Ashley, um, a team. Let me just kind of say 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 right now, and again, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna kind of t- just t- just just say it now. Um, I didn't say Stansfield. I don't know if you said Stansfield, but you know that wasn't a team. Um, for me, um, would be in the running. I could be proved wrong. I could be proved mm-hmm. wrong, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I can. I you know, we can have both chose these teams. Uh, and again, hey, like it's just our own opinion. So, mm-hmm. and again, would love to get someone from Stansfield on onto the show or in the comments uh, as well. So, we will we'll just move straight on to New Park. So, this is what New Park said regarding their players. Uh, Ricky, the goalkeeper, his commitment and performances were man of the match worthy every single week. And the second player is Darren Bridges. He certainly found his love for the game again, and is and he is one, if not one of the best players on the park in most weeks. Mm-hmm. And the last player is Karim, our Moroccan winger. He finished he finished the league's top goal scorer after playing only half of the games. What's fit? This player will be unstoppable. Uh, Shooks, I'd love to get your reaction. Actually, actually, let me kind of go to um, their aspirations for this season. Our objectives are simple this season. It's Vets p- football, so to <laughs> play, enjoy and booze. However, don't write us off. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love that. Actually, okay. hold on. Um, and they've continued. Apologies. Okay. Um, sorry. If we stay committed and injury-free, we will give all teams a run for their money. People quickly forget that when we played the best teams, we performed and took points. Key is staying injury-free for us, but a couple of cup runs would be nice. Shugs, your response? Yo! Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, it was nice that they picked three. Yeah, uh-huh. thank you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. First, so, so, kudos to uh, New Park. Um, I actually did a little research on them and found that I actually know a few of their players. One of the, one of the three players they mentioned, I've refereed. I'm not going to name who, which one it is, but they're right in their uh, in their. What's that? I'm being shot. What, what's, what's, all right, I'll come back. I saw a comment. And I don't know what I don't know what's being said, but I'll read it properly. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, carry on. Uh... Okay, cool. It's all love, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. All, all right. All sorry, all I lost. I lost. I saw the comment and I just lost my trailer. Ah, no. for it. <laughs> sorry, I'm back. Ah. Let me get. Let me get. Let me get my composure. Zen. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm good now. Yeah. Big up charcoal, by the way. Yeah. Big up charcoal. All right. So one of the three 
I I've, I've seen play uh, numerous times, and I would say that statement that? is very correct. I told you I'm not going to say. I'm going to say I know one, one of the players. That's what you need to I, know. I think it's Karim. You go with whatever you believe. The beauty, the beauty of this is you don't know. That's the beauty. But it's one of the three. So you you got, you know, you got one out of three chances of being right. Anyway. <laughs> ah, I love that. I love yeah. that. That's it. But um, yeah, so love that. They're also underplaying it a bit like the old Sharks there. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think they've got the right attitude as in don't take this thing too seriously because especially if that's football, we want to win. We want we want to score the most goals, you know, do all the great things, but don't get the don't lose the enjoyment. So mm. let's say someone does or says something that you don't like. Shake your hands at the end of the game, have a drink. And if you if you wrong if you did wrong them, just apologize. It's not that serious. We got we gotta protect our mental health. You know what I mean? Some of you lot are leaving the game and going into hell. So don't make hell on the pitch as well. Enjoy it. So what they're saying is, look, we want to have fun and then we want to shake your hands, have a hug, have a little conversation and then go back to our lives. You know what I'm saying? So, but at the same time, we're not just going to roll over. Nothing, you know what I mean? They've got a good, they got a little good setup there. I've, I've, I had a little, you know, I had to do my journalistic <laughs> you know, like, okay. Oh, you, oh, you play there. Okay, you play. All right, decent side. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they also played a played a lot of a lot of it done. However, I do like the kind of uh, like they're just there to enjoy themselves because again, that's what Masters mm. football is about to to like enjoy yourself, have a drink, but also as well, hey, like we're like still here to compete. We're not gonna just kind of come here and and like let you kind of do like whatever you like want with us. We're gonna compete. So. <laughs> Again, I think uh, New Pack are going to be are going to be a dark horse. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of move on to the next team. Um, so now we're kind of going on to the teams that got promoted from Division Two to Division One. Um, mm -hmm. So let's start off with the uh, uh, champions right now of Division Two, which is kind of weird to say for Division One. But hey, uh, let's kind of mm -hmm. go with Santos. And they've said uh, the key players. Let's let's oh hold on. We'll get there. We will get there. Oh, there you go. Um, Gary Moore, big, big character, presence, and voice. He has been committed and filled the team with confidence. So Gary is the goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is Dan. Dan played the whole season out on the right, um, whether being as a forward midfielder or being a centre forward by trade. He works hard, contributes goals and assists. He He's 100% committed. Mm -hmm. uh, and also as well, the representative from um, Santos has mentioned uh, Kelvin, uh, 13 games, 12 goals, and Brett, eight games and seven goals. And they definitely made the difference. And their objectives for this season... Try and win as many games as possible, stability, and to leave a mark and keep doing things the Santos way. What Shout is the Santos way? 
<laughs> good I, question. It, I hope someone is watching. Good question. Because what is the Santos way? Um, that would be interesting, and that is a that's not a loaded question. I no, I, I don't know the Santos way, so I would love them if someone's tuning in, like Ash. Maybe you could break that down. Maybe Gary could break it down because he's not short of a word. That lad. But, um, <laughs> but um, how would I say it? Well, second team to uh, give us three influ influential players. Um, a striker scored what thirteen in twelve games. Is Thirteen right? and twelve. That's uh, Calvin. Kelvin. 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 Sorry, yeah. yeah, that's that's good stats. And um, also, yeah, from what I saw playing against them, Gary's definitely in influential. You need a keeper that basically tells his backline what he wants from them and gets everyone doing what they want, what what they should be doing. I guess he's he's like a guy most probably. And correct me if I'm wrong. That will remind them of what what the objectives were prior to the game. He makes sure those objectives get done on the pitch. Um, they they're being diplomatic in their objectives, which, to be fair, you're, it's one thing winning the second division. It's another thing competing in the first division. So they're possibly thinking, we're not going to go in there and start saying, yeah, we're going to do what we did last season. It's not that we're not, we don't want to, or we're not going to try to do what we did last season. However, we want to basically win some games, get make sure we reestablish ourselves as a first division side. You know what I'm saying? So I guess that's what they're possibly saying. Look, we want to make sure that you come to Santos's ground or Santos come to your ground. You got worries on your hand, and to be yeah. honest, they're a good bunch. They're a good, good, good bunch of lads. Bit of bants. They fight. That's what you really uh, want, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a quite ironic. Let me go to the objectives. When they say to make a mark or leave a mark, that's kind of what they mm. do. Like they they're a very they physical do. team. Like oh, they do. They can, yeah, you know what I mean. Like. They know how to mix it, but also as well, they know how to play football. And mm -hmm. uh, something about Santos um, that they probably don't... Well, no, tell a lie. They they like probably do know. So mm -hmm. um, they they like train next to next to Catford. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the Saturday that, that just went, so it was pretty hot, probably in the 30s. Must, must have been 29, mm -hmm. 30. Yeah. And... They must have been training for at least two and a half hours, mm -hmm. at least two and a half hours, and mm -hmm. they had a and they had an army of at least twenty five to 30, 30 players, and literally we could see them as kind of Catford players. We could see them, and they were doing uh, shuttle runs, um, drills, uh, mm -hmm. and like they were going. I mean, it looked like they were going full pelt in mm -hmm. uh, absolute heat as well. So, you know, they're like taking the season seriously. You know, Catford, I'm sorry, um, Santos are going to take the season seriously, 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, they've, you know, they've like kind of got a good, good mixture of um, a bit of gold dust, but also like the physical side of it as well. Um, and um, if they play how they train or how we saw them train, then, then yeah, it's, um, you know, going to be a, um, a decent season for Santos. Could I just say, 
I never go gym. Never. Just strong, natural strong. That's headed at you. I'll leave you to leave that to marinate. I'll leave that oh, to marinate. Well, I'll well, leave that know, to marinate. Well, I yeah? will literally well, Na will natural, we... my brother. Natural. Okay, well, well I mean, well, like we'll be talking about that maybe you no, know, again not. after. <laughs> Listen, uh, again, it was you that brought it up. I'm just saying with the comments, you know, regarding the video. Again, like it looked like you're a Marvel or DZ fan because how you flew in the air, like Superman would have been proud. That's all I'm saying. There you go. No, no, I mean, all right. Well, like, let me just let no, everyone know. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Cannot, it was you that, let me just no, let people hold, know. Wait, wait, hold out on. Banter me, and you can't no. rattle me. I'm not no. rattled. Rattle. No, but like you are rattled because you just showed me your bicep. I'm thinking, huh? Like, I didn't say nothing. No, I just you wanted like, you, you to see that. No, no I'll yeah, tell you why I did yeah. that. Because you were talking yeah, about training. You were just talking when? about training. So I just, when? Santos is training. So I just thought, I just remind you about That's natural strength. Yeah, because like you was, you was triggered by something that I said. I didn't, you know, I didn't talk about no, you. No, 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 no. I wasn't triggered. It's that you made an, inc you made an incorrect statement. You about said what? definitely... You, if you make, remember I said to you early at the start, I said what, people that make on, incorrect should, statements. Should, should, you said what did I say? definitely. You what said he definitely does weights. Hundred, like hundred percent, he does weights or whatever. Your what, words is it on the show. What is it on the show? Oh no, you okay. you said it on social media. Well, so I'm what, just letting, what, you know, so no, I'm just letting, So I was letting you know that you that was know. In, that was that was fake news. Oh okay okay so you, you let person, me know yeah. Okay, so you let me know on, on something that I didn't mention on this show, saying that it you were triggered. It doesn't matter. It's showing all, me it's your bicep. You were yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. showing me your bicep, though. So Yeah, natural. Boy. On gym. Some of us don't have to go gym to get our muscles. You know what? Like, I may have a spare coupon for you to go to actually join Pure Gym. I, I'll go. Anyway. I'll go for the sauna. Straight. I'll go straight to the sauna and chill. Well, you, you know what? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's not rattled at all. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Charcoal. Thank you. Well said. That's that. But you see, I didn't say nothing about Another that incident on... No, but see, I didn't, I didn't say nothing about that incident on this show. Or, and that's all I'm saying. But like, no, thank I'm just you. Saying that, yeah. No, I was just saying that you, you, you like, you, you're giving that information. Give it out true, innit? Listen, I'm... Listen, <laughs> she was, listen I'm, not, I'm not saying... True is my guy. True is my guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just putting it. I was, you know what? To be honest, okay. I was coming for you. I know. Shucks. Shucks. That's what I'm saying. You was triggered, which is cool. Just say you was triggered by oh, my comment. And then we can talk about that afterwards. But don't start no, no. showing me your bicep like world's strongest man. Are you scared? You you, what, did I intimidate you? Sorry for intimidating you. Sorry. Nah, okay. Can we go on to the next team, please? We will go on to the next team now. That's it. That's <laughs> all I want to do. I'm okay. Listen. Anyway, uh <laughs> guys, guys, so, <laughs> so um uh the last team is independent that finished runners up in division two, and this is what the representative said about uh, the upper coming season and the and the three players who were influential last season. We do not want to take part as we do not want to reveal anything about us to other teams for next season. 
Okay. I think I think that's another glebe. That's glebe right there. And that's what I was trying to explain to you about glebe. The only difference most probably is independent made a statement. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Okay, no, okay. So so literally, um so she as a kind of independent, you know, as an in independent player, um mm -hmm. yeah, uh what's your re reaction to the representative? Um, I mean, first of all, I respect any stance that my team takes. So you're not really going to get me to break down what my team's stance is. So all I'll say is the spirit is high. The vibe's good. Anything, anything that was wrong last season has been addressed, has been spoken of. And that's it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, and what I can say about independent again, like, um, a very well run club, um, that they've got some amazing players that that kind of literally know their positions, they kind of know they kind of know their roles. Yes, you know, at the kind of uh, especially after Christmas, um, just just things just changed. Um, of course, like, you know, I'd say like the loss of like Nelson, um was a kind of huge, huge, huge factor because he was very, you know, influential. Um, but also as well, you know, um, you know, having 15, 16 players there every single week uh, mm -hmm. is a is a great thing to have at this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can kind of chop and change. You you know, yes, there was a few issues with, with um, well, not issues, but I'd say probably it, like players that were kind of... Um, Playing, playing on slight, slight injuries, and again, like the ground, as in, like, like the grounds were like not like the best equipped. However, that's still no, no excuse. Um, mm -hmm. Well, like done to to like Santos, but again, independent. I'm, I am, I'm, I'm guessing I like doing their work behind the scenes. We're doing mm -hmm. it very. Um, I can imagine them being very, very focused. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's I'm going to be a very, very interesting season. Um, this. It's like coming uh twenty twenty. I mean, I will say I will say with independent the main reason for the decline, I guess, is when you're in such a strong position, you can take your foot off the pump and you get drawn into more the aesthetics, the things that don't really matter. And I think that's all it was. You just took that just took the eye off the prize, everyone. You know what I mean? There's not one person that took eye off the prize and just stopped doing what got independent to that position. Um, moving on to, to, to this season, the only thing I could really say is independent don't fear any opposition. Um, and every game's going to be competitive. Definitely. So it's going to be a good, I think it's going to be a great season. You know what I mean? As long as football wins, that's the main thing. You know what I mean? We all come out there, play good football, fight on the pitch, and be friends off the pitch. Not yeah. a problem. Facts. And I think that's what will happen. Uh, I love um, I love John Jones's comment. Sorry, I'm just kind of scrolling up. I think this is direct that being you lot need to invest and get a backdrop. The curtain business isn't matching the overall content. <laughs> 
I, I love now that. Now I agree with you, JJ. I agree uh, with you. I love that, you know. Come on now. Come on but now. But to be fair, the curtain is a bit better than seeing a picture of himself uh, in the background. <laughs> that, that run its that run its course of time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is brilliant. Um FSS should you should have scored against Seagas last season. Yes. Should Knight, you should have scored against Seagas. With what chance are you talking? I think they're talking about the open goal. Where like you know you got vexed. I think they've like probably watched the the behind the scenes. Okay. Well, you can only shoot. You can only score if you have the ball at your feet. Okay. Okay. Simple as simple as. So um, let me and and uh, and again, you know, let me kind of uh, again just say. Um, as of course, you know, I'm a kind of Kappa player and a Kappa are not in Div One. Um, I am gonna make predictions uh who's gonna, gonna finish first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um like if like Shugs wants to interrupt or butt in, be my guest. Um, but I'm gonna say, and again, at this present moment in time, this is my top six, and then oh, I can't include Sat. Stansfield. No, actually, you know, like, yeah, you know, like I might might include them. So don't bow down to pressure. Stick no, to no, your no, guns. No, no. Someone's comments has rattled you. No, okay. no I, but you know, but again, like when I kind of look at certain things, you know, hey, it is what it is. But okay, so let me start from let me say who I think is gonna be champions. I think the champions of this or this season are gonna be charcoal. I think um, last season... Based on what? Based of last season. Okay. Based of last season. Like, you know, um, they they like came just, into... Let me, just, let me just throw a curveball in. Who's going to win the Premiership? Manchester City. Okay. But, actually, but yeah. You're like, being consistent. I As long as you've, you've learned the art of being consistent, I've taught you well. Continue. What do you mean you've... What do you mean you've learned out of consistency? Well anyway. done. Well done. I'm impressed. So, so literally, um, I think Charcoal are going to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, second place are going to be LSU. Third are going to be Santos. Fourth will be New Park. Fifth will be Independent. Sixth will be Glee. Yeah. Okay. So, two questions there. Go on. Why Santos third? Um, I think... Okay, so she, I think, you know, um, in terms of how how I've seen them train consistently uh, and, okay. and also as well, the last game against Independent, how they, how they changed system and they changed tactics to actually counteract... Um, independent strengths and okay. and again that kind of shows a different level of management and discipline from each and every player you know especially at vets level because of course we because we know the older you become sometimes you are stuck in your ways 
So for players to actually take that on board and actually execute it well, I think they'll kind of go into Div 1 with the same mentality, 100%. Okay. Um, so... Can, can I ask again, my second exactly. question? Go on, let's go. All right. I, talk, I spoke about consistency. And you mm-hmm. said charcoal will win it because they won it last year, yeah? Which is fine. Which is what, fine. Charcoal? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why has Glebe gone from second to sixth? And they've won a cup, beer in mind. Because so why, as, have you gone, okay. why have you dropped them back? That's a that's that now a comment was made to you that was about uh Johnson, yeah, being disrespectful. I no, think no, no, that's no, no. I think no. that's more disrespectful to say no. from second to sixth. So do you all right, let me ask you a simple question. Do you think Glebe were lucky to get second? Glebe were lucky to get second because um, LSU... No, I'm asking you, do you think they yeah. were second? Uh, let me explain. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to explain. Yeah. Um, okay. The table doesn't lie, but of course, you know, in terms of how like certain games were were like being presented, they mm-hmm. literally beat Charcoal when Charcoal down tools. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like, it, you know, like it is what it is. Like, you still got to beat the team in front of you. But I believe if Charcoal had, didn't have um, the the kind of cup-like finals to actually concentrate on, Charco would have beaten them. But don't forget, the league was already wrapped up. So, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't no, matter. They no, beat no, them. No, wait, wait, 100%. But mm. again, I, then I've seen Glebe play against Catford in the final. Yeah. Yes, like Glebe, Glebe won, but Catford had a hat full of chances. They should have been out of sight. They should have been out of sight. I get so, that. So, I get again, but... so, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. So, literally, looking at that squad and knowing that some of their players have left, some of their quality players, okay. <laughs> trust me, like, I, I, I kind of have that knowledge. You've done your research, yeah? No, no, no. Like, people call me, people DM me. Like, like I know of one player who I am pissed off about that, like, he's gone. Because I'm like, wow. I've actually called this player. Anyway, let me not, go, you know, go into that. So, so I know that they've that they're weaker unless they have recruited. And of course, don't forget, Glebe haven't responded back to me. So, so I'm Hence going. Why on. you should wait, no, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Well, I'll let like, you go. I'll let you. I'll let you shoot. No, no, shoot your shot. You know, but again, that's the reason why I've got to, you know put them six because I can't put them ahead of independent because again, literally, I like know. Okay, like players have left independent, but again. I know players that have come in there as well, quality players as well. So I know, uh, and again, I know independent are not going to let what happened last season happen again. Yes, it's going to be tougher um, for them each and every game, but you know, every game that independent play, especially, they're going to go into it like a cup final, like it's like the last um, match on earth. Um, and I kind of just feel throughout the whole season, independent will have. Um, a lot more legs and a lot more bodies than Glebe will have. Okay. I disagree with that comment for the fact that um, you have to put respect, more respect on their name. Fair enough. You don't expect them to to Why? No. I said fair enough. You do. Wait, let me speak as you said, yeah? I don't, I can, I can Totally understand why you think they won't finish in the top two. That's fair enough. To be fair, 
for a long time, I think uh, LSU A were in the top two. And I think Glebe took it near the end, um, if I'm right. But the fact of the matter is, they were in second. They won a cup. You may say they got outplayed. But if you know how to win a game, you know how to win. There's many a side that has outplayed. I'll use, I'm sure there's a few Tottenham fans out there. Tottenham have outplayed a few teams in their time. And they still haven't won. So it's not about whether they got outplayed. It's what they've done. What matters. No. At the end of the day, no, it does matter. No, the result is the result is the result. There's some teams that do not pay, play attractively, but win. I would ask okay. you now, would you rather be in an attractive playing team or a winning team? You don't want to, you know what I mean, play attractive and lose. So would it doesn't really matter to me, the result. Like the team that played them off in the final, they're upset. They're upset because we played really well and we didn't pick up a trophy. So you so even and that's your team. So next season they're gonna be your team. This is what I'm assuming. They're gonna be going in. We're not just here to play attractive, we're here to get results. So Glebe have got their results. So to drop four places, wow, that's that's a big that's a big statement from you. Okay, okay, so so literally using your premiership analogy. Do you think Manchester United under under Oli deserve to be to finish second? Yes, that and season then, they did. Uh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. that okay. season then, they did. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, let me finish. And then where? Yeah. And then and then where did they finish the season after? I don't know. I follow. You know which team I no, follow. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, hold right, on, wait, hold wait, on. wait, 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 wait. Answer wait. the question. Wait, Shooks, answer wait. the question. Yeah, but no, they no, won Shooks, nothing. I, Man United won nothing. Glee no, did. No, 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 no. Glee won something. Man United didn't. Answer the question. Answer the question. Yep. Man United underperformed this season, last season. No, no, but where they did they finish? They underperformed. They finished sixth. They finished sixth. They okay, underperformed. So, so you can have one decent season like. They underperformed. How, they underperformed. Like, now, if a team underperforms, if it's like, it's like, um, Independent, they underperformed second half of the season. That's why they didn't win the league. Santos played levels and maintained the levels second half. Yeah, they played high level and maintained it. That's why they won the league. So Man United just underperformed. They've got they got the players to have done it, but some of the foolish results they had, I don't like Man United. Yeah, I have no reason to like Man United. But I will always give a true... Uh, reflection of what happened. They underperformed. They should have. They should. Arsenal should not be ahead of Man United. So at the end of the day, if we're going to bring that in that that uh, comparison, yeah, maybe if Glebe start start underperforming, maybe they have lost a lot of players. But I'm just saying, at the start of the season, to put them four down list, like Man United, are they going to finish sixth again? Maybe not. Maybe they will actually. But hey, that's enough of a story. But at the end of the day. Glebe, I just think it's a bit harsh. This is vet football as well. Listen, you know, no, no, it's your it's not opinion, no, wait, 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 wait. This is not just vet football. This is masses football. People take it seriously. Do not kind of football off and just say this is just vet football. People now go out to play, actually looking to enjoy again. Exactly what Kouya said. They've won. Um, every team are going to show their quality because now, as as like you've seen, and as you're a 
know what I'm saying? Like, you're a, you're a quality player. You're not going to turn up to, like, Vets football just say, oh, you know, I'm just turning up. You know what I'm saying? Like, every single team wants to win trophies. Every single team are going to compete. Yes, there's a, again, there's a reason for, like, me to put... Well, you part just want to get booze. Have a booze, I'm joking. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, like, you know what? Glebe proved me wrong. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Literally, you know, again... There's like no disrespect there. That's his. Okay. That's just my own opinion. I that's agree. like one humble and man's opinion. Though I said it was disrespectful to put them there, I know you're not intending to be disrespectful. I know. So, so once again, people shouldn't take that personally. For me, I, I don't think they do. For me, that's a motivation. Motivation for anything any team or manager wants to say in person, more likely on 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 Instagram. Um, use that as motivation for your team talks. Simple as as that. Don't take anything personal. Whatever Tabriz says, he says more than me on thingy, but don't take it personal. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Just run with it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think you know that is the roundup of um of like Div One. Um, I would love to get Shugzi your like a quick opinion about the behind the scenes. Actually, you know what? Let me just say this out loud. Let me kind of give you props. Yeah, so um, like when I was, uh, so like last season, um, without kind of talking too too much, I was I was kind of injured, and again I didn't know if I was going to be playing da da da, and uh, and I kind of spoke to Shugzy about it, and Shugzy said, you know, Tabriz, bring your camera, bring you know, bring, like you know, bring your camera and just. And just do what you do best and just film. Like if like things happen, they happen. If they don't, but just just bring your camera. So if it wasn't, you know, without Shugs's idea or you know, that like the behind the scenes stuff wouldn't have happened. Um uh, uh unless Shugs Shugs actually said that. So Shugs, I'm kind of giving you your props live you. straight mm-hmm. off. So literally it was Shugs's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I would like love to get your your kind of uh, reaction over the behind the scenes um, footage that I got and uh, put together. I mean, I thought it was a great put together um, video. Um, I was I was uh, shocked that you got an hour out of the part two. <laughs> Me um, too. But, yeah, I don't know how you did it. To be fair, as people may not realise, you were looking to cut it down a lot. And I said to you, no, you put it in two parts. Like, at worst scenario, put it in two. Because people need to see the whole story. Otherwise, people will get certain things wrong. Um... <laughs> oh, you. Fi- oh, no. oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. That's what I'm saying. No, I need to go not... to your gym then. No, you, no, is that, is no, that no. membership still on offer, yeah? Okay. Well, no, no, hold, hold, wait, 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 Shugs. I, I, like, I saw how you, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I saw like how you told, listen, I saw how you told Shades, like I saw how you told Shades, like, when you can sort of feel, <laughs> thank you. I'm a gentleman. Mum taught me how to be a gentleman, that's all. You know what I mean? But anyway, let's anyway. let's get back to yeah. let's get back to the script, we yeah? I've got a script. We... I'm reading off a script right here. Can't you see it? I'm reading off a script. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was very um, good to watch, even for myself, being a part of it and looking from the outside in can give you a different perspective, even hearing certain things 
that was said. Even that referee, that controversial referee, the, the Spanish one. And he said some things in one of the game which I didn't realise. And then he booked one of our players and we were complaining about it. But when you look, if you look back to what he actually said, he actually made, he, he said, this is what he wants. This is how he wants it. He said, don't care about any other ref. This is how I want it. And moving forward and things like that we need to take on board the reason why is because those are the things that make us implode in a game because we think oh he didn't do this right he's he's an idiot and then we we use that as our reason to go off the ball when the, the reality is you're not fighting the ref you're fighting the opposition you got to beat them so stick to the script you know what i mean so there's definitely a lot of things that were it was it was good to watch, and some of the things were discussed um, in preseason. Um, the video hasn't been spoken about in preseason, to be fair, but just some of the aspects have been discussed. But I think it was a good uh, uh, view by yourself. I know there were bits you you could have added. People don't realize how much information you actually got, but yeah, like you know what. A, a lot of teams, if not all teams, go well, actually all teams go through different bits of that. You know what I mean? Even the teams that are winning to the teams that are struggling, they go through bits of that. So a lot of play, a lot of people would have related to a lot of those aspects. And you know what? Just just remember it's a game. Enjoy it. We know we're gonna have fallouts. You know you're gonna be pissed off with a teammate. You're gonna be pissed off with your manager. You're gonna be pissed off with the referee. You're gonna be pissed off with the opposition. But you know what? We do it because we love the game. So we've also got to keep our mind more to the focus to that the game. So yeah, it was it was great. I would I would encourage any other team to somehow get that done for their season, for this season coming. I don't think we should do it again independent. I think we've had our stint. I think it's time for someone else. It would be good to be in the charcoal uh, dressing room, wouldn't it? But that's just a suggestion from me. Actually, it would be good to be in new parts because it would be a lot of booze, a lot of booze conversation. Everything Truth always comes out after a bit of alcohol. But, um, yeah, like, I would definitely encourage teams to get in contact with uh, that man over there who plays for Catford. Don't know how he'll do it as he's playing I, I can't but do it there's always ways send him your videos and let him chop it up he'll do that for you yeah I'm trying to get him working guy's underworked well talk about underworked someone as Chloe said Marlon's got a jawline now also a jawbone line preseason must be going well wow so so literally uh, hold on so um so you've been eating eating like the salads, you've been eating the chicken, the tuna. There's like no. I, like... I, I eat yard food. Yeah, yard man, you know. Yeah, I eat my good food. The only difference is I eat in smaller proportions. And I've been running. I've been actually I've been this is what I said to you at the start. Like I've enjoyed preseason. Normally I hate like we did the bleep test uh a week ago, just over a week ago. And I enjoyed it. And I was half hoping we did it again. I know a lot of my teammates are thinking, why don't you shut up right now? <laughs> you don't want that again. Shut up right now. But I've never liked it, uh, bleep test. I'm, I remember doing it when I was a semi-pro. I can't remember which club it was. And we did it. And I hated it. 
I hated it. But this one, yeah, I loved it. And the sun, the, by the way, I'm a sun baby. I love the sun. So working out in the sun is actually good for me. It's allowing me to burn. And if I've got a jawline, I'll live with it. <laughs> no, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Honestly, Shooks, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. We will be doing a Division 2 breakdown um, very, very soon. Either on a Friday or on a Sunday. Oh, <laughs> bleep says could be going soon. <laughs> oh, yes. I love yes, that. Bro. I love that. Let's go. Oh, geez. I love that. I love that. I'll be the only oh. one doing it, man. <laughs> I know. <isn't> it? <laughs> you do it then. You do it. You want to do it. You do it. Bro, oh, I don't mind. Brilliant. Brilliant. Bro. No, Shooks, uh, thank you like so much for kind of uh, doing this. We will be doing a, we will be doing a Division 2 breakdown. Uh, I yeah, again have on a Friday or on a Sunday, mm. uh, depending. Uh, and, and yeah, it's going to be very, very similar. So if you see a DM from either Shugzi or myself, please, please uh, respond. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll kind of uh, get your comments on the show. Uh, next week, uh, let me put it out there now. Uh, we have Owen Williams and we'll be talking about how to sell your football club. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting conversation. Um, some um, some great information. Um, Owen Owen like knows a lot about sales, uh, and uh, and to anyone out there that's kind of looking to to actually grow their club and to kind of do certain things, uh, this is a conversation you cannot miss. So this is going to be next week Sunday. The show will start at eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, let me. <laughs> Uh oh, and uh, again, thank you to kind of coach uh Paul, and the video was great. I right, listen, I mean, you know what? Let me let me say something again. I, you know, I think you know, um, without again waffling like too much, <laughs> I'm trying to word it in a way, yeah. Get it out, lad. Time is money. Listen, you know what. We have real conversations. Oh, you know, when I was when I was in the independent changing room, and Paul talks real, like he's real. You know, what I'm saying he's he like he's real in terms of what he says. Mm -hmm. So, so if he says that you've played shit, <laughs> you've played, sh you've had a shocking, shocking game. Mm -hmm. But if he looks at you and kind of gives you like a thumbs up or says, you know what, well done, like he means it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he kind of really, really means it, and and. And the and the dynamics between that, like the management, like you know, again, it's so so fascinating. Um, literally, how how like things are, and literally, when you actually sit down with Paul and literally have a conversation, because literally, Paul will call me. I mean, like he's not called me in in you know in, in a bit, but like we, you know, like he still texts and and like whatnot. In if you actually sit down and literally have a conversation with Paul, be like, wow, okay, um, mm -hmm. mm, okay, interesting. Interesting. Um, so, so yeah. So, literally, that's what I want to say. So, again, um, shout, you know, shouts to Paul. Chewy, Chewy's got the eyes. I don't know why Chewy's got the eyes. And, he, he don't uh, like the bleep test. He don't want to do the bleep test. But hold that's on, what, but like, hold on. But literally, Chewy's one of the fittest players, you know, players around. Doesn't mean he likes doing the bleep test. Not <laughs> there's something you don't like doing as a as a player, and I guess. I don't know. There was a shock to my system. I think by then, Paul should have it working perfectly. So that yeah. should be great. 
uh, and uh, Mr. Cass, it's a great piece of work. T can't wait for the next one. I don't think there's going to be a next one. I'd really kind of there don't is like going to be a next one. Listen, don't listen to his gibberish. <laughs> the only difference is as he's playing, you have to kind of film your thing and just kind of talk to him politely in a business sense and say, Look, what you need from us, and we'll sort that out. No, you, talk you know to what? me. Talk to me. I'll get it to him. What it is, yeah. And again, like we all want, like the masters scene to actually grow, and and now everyone can see the engagement and like see what, um, like vets football. Oh, I see, keep saying vets. I don't like the word vets. I'm gonna, you know, I don't know why. Gonna... It's, just, it's just words, bro. It's yeah, everyone but like, knows what mean. yeah. All but, right, say yeah. over thirty-five then. Say over no, thirty-five. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. No, no, you know, there's like vets, veterans, and masters. I think we're masters of football. We are masters of football. You know, um, they're like, you know, certain right, words. Here's that... a question. If, if you're going to say we're masters of football, there's still some people at this age and at this in this division who can't even control a ball. In what division is this? In all the divisions. Okay, so just because you can't. Doesn't make so you, you haven't mastered. So you obviously haven't mastered. You haven't mastered certain arts within football. So to call yourself a master, I think that's no. But like you have experience because literally you can be. I get what you're meaning. I'm just giving. uh, I'm just giving your argument for to uh, term it differently. But but literally again, you know, we can work both ways. But you can have a 25 year old vet. In the army, that's done ten years, and yeah. you know he's a vet. But then again, of course, you can have a so. You know what I'm saying? So hey, like I just like the word masters. I think you know, literally, everyone has something to 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 the game, especially after the you know the ages of 30, 35, 40. You know, I just kind of like the word masters. That's just. I mean, the I reason why like. I'm a Jama- I'm of Jamaican heritage, and if you call a man a veteran, that's a respect team. It's a respect. So. We don't look at it in a derogative way. I think maybe towards uh, the westernized kind of culture, it's a bit different in the sense of, you know, you're calling someone old means they're dead or they, they're in a walking stick or anything like that. So I guess they link, link that to veterans. But re- veterans are normally the ones from my background that are the respected ones. I get it. You understand? I it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I that's why I don't mind the term. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, Chloe's uh, smudge. Sorry. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of smudge that that was talking about your. Oh, your, like, Jay, your got you. Thank you, yeah. thank you, my bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Double chin is gone, my bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you're looking kind of trim still. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you, you know, you're looking kind of, you know, trying to trying to ching, <laughs> you know. Gonna have to get, I'm just going to have to get a gym membership, you know? <laughs> you know but, you know, um, again, you know, I just want to say, anyone can film their games. Anyone can just take take their phone and film something. You don't mm-hmm. need, uh, like, like a big off camera, like, you know, mm-hmm. this, you know, this is just to expose our community to, uh, to a wider audience. Trust me, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, it's only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, just pick up your phone or you know whatever it is and and, and just make make content um mm-hmm. and again that's kind of how the whole community is going to grow so um that's all i have to say um Shugs, anything else that you want to uh say before 
before we bounce? I'm good to go. Yeah. It's all love. At the end of the day, just enjoy your football. Get mm -hmm. training. Get yourself fit. Mentally right. Yo. And involve your family in your football as well. Don't, don't, <clears throat> don't push them to the side. Involve them. Make them feel included. It, yeah. Trust me, it makes a happier life. Yeah, and again, bigger shout to like Cass, uh, big shout to all Vets teams from LSU family. Hot preseason's going well, and all oh, you have a productive and injury-free season. One hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. We, let's you, we, we want every single division to be competitive. Uh, we want the competitive banter. We want people to kind of say, you know, like we are the flagship of this division, and uh, you know, we like love that 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 confidence. Uh, and uh, you know, if like Shugzi or myself can 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 literally probably jump onto that and literally expose your like club or you know or or your moment on you know on this platform, we will do that. We we will do that. So um, hey, but hey, everything's good. Uh, you know, yeah, everything's done. Shugzi, thank you, thank you so much for like coming on um, on the Sunday um, and. Yeah, uh, your pre your like first preseason game is at the end of the month. Ours is next week against LSU A. Uh, it's going to be luck. a very yeah, 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 yeah. This you know, um, um, hopefully I can get uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, yeah, a few minutes. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know going to be it's um, going to be a tough game. Um, but hey, um, I wouldn't expect anything less uh, against LSU. Yeah. Um, no matter you know, what. you know, Smudger will be targeting you. You know, just thought I'd put you out there. <laughs> you know what, Tabriz? Let's end the show. Let's end the show. <laughs> hey, listen. You know what? Smudge played well. As you know, um, you know, I I like know a few of the players I should be watching out for. Now, any? Has he? He's, he's working it. He's, hey, the LSU, mean, LSU boys will be, hey, working, you know? Yeah, listen, I mean, like, it looks like, you know what I'm they're saying? On, like, they're um, on, hey, they're on smoke. Yeah, yeah, listen, they're on That's smoke, it. man. It's, it's, and again, like, we like those type of challenges. But, um, but again, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't think me and uh, Smudge and I are going to have that, that one-on-one that one -on -one battle. But if, you know, if it was a 50-50, I would literally expect Smudge to kind of go in hard. Go on, Smudge. But, like, who do you think is going to win that 50-50? I'm putting it on Smudge. Okay. You only just started training. That brother's been yeah. training for about six weeks. He, he's on smoke. It's like two boxers. One trains for two weeks, the other trains for six weeks. You gotta put your money on six. <laughs> I would rip it. He said, "I would." Hey, Smudge, I want to report back next week because I know Tabriz won't be giving me that. He might be no, in listen, a gas like that. Listen, listen. Uh, you know what? It is what it is. Um, again, actually, I mean, what are your objectives for for next for this season? Just get fit, man. That's all. No. Just get your body hate... right. No, I That's hate it. that. Just, go. Just get fit. 
no, but literally, are you kind of looking to kind of play like you know how many goals or like you you, do, you, you don't you a... don't you don't you don't do hard workouts to not want to play. If that's the case, I'll join after preseason. Yeah, you don't pre do preseason not to, and depends where I play on the pitch. I may not play where you think I might play, so that depends. But to be honest. As long as my team wins, that's what I care about. When, whenever you saw me upset, we didn't win. Think about that. Thank you. Smudge and T are different weight classes. That's what I'm saying. It is. Like, it is. You, yeah. but, it won't be fair. But, no, actually. Well, wait, 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 wait. Wait, Cass. Uh -huh. Cass, do you know that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mayweather. He fought a heavyweight not too long ago. And punch his face out, punch it up, punch it up. No, I, I would, I, you know, like any. I just leave it at that. No, listen, any, any like 50, 50, 50s, there's, you know, what I'm saying, I'm like, you know, hey, it's a friendly man, you know, what I'm saying that, like, you know, there's a. So, so you're gonna pull out of the challenge then, yeah? There's there, there's a way you conduct yourself sometimes in a friendly. Okay. Yes, it's gonna be hard for me, one hundred percent, because you know I like do play hundred miles an hour, but Ooh. um, you know. You know, there's you know, this is a friendly man, you know. Um, and she no one no one lets you wants to start a season with injured players no or thing as a friendly when you play football, you I play know oh, facts, it's facts, facts. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for like watching. Will we we yeah, we will be back uh next week, Sunday, and again, please kind of watch out for for material coming out in the next couple of days. Again, Shugzi, thank you so much for like coming on. Please like and subscribe, share. Uh, and again, my name is Sabri, the best grassroots centre-back in London. Is it right, Shugs? Yeah, in the second division. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. See you later. Bye-bye.